14 hours I spent moving furniture and boxes. Poor you. Poor me. I don't want to be moving house anytime soon again, except I am in about three weeks' time. Currently living out of boxes. Not in a box. Not in a box. Out of boxes. Welcome back to Powerful Nonsense, episode 16. DIY education. How to fall back in love with learning. We're great with our titles, aren't we? We are. I think so. You come up with them most of the time, Jim. So. Uh, I mean, we, we, collaboratively, we collaboratively come up with When them. you're not living out boxes. I also want to say, I think I'm mostly flu-free, so there should be a considerable lack of Darth Vader breathing in this episode. Um, I'm going to try and get it under control, because I've noticed the last few episodes, <laughs> all I've heard through my earphones <laughs> is the sound of me breathing whilst you're talking. Some snotty little run. <laughs> <laughs> so, apologies for those that have heard. And, and you've got a haircut, Wayne. I have got a haircut. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> I don't think I've had my haircut since we started the podcast. <laughs> But anyway, to business. You're back, you're back, you're looking good and you're feeling better. That's a good thing. Yes, it, it is indeed. And uh, yes, so um, today we'll be talking about um, education, how we have fallen out of love with education, why we've fallen out of love with education, and how we can fall back in love with education. Yeah. Everybody's loving education. Well, well we not, should love education. We should love education. Um, yes, so we'll start, as always, with a nice little quote. Mr. Jem, if you could take it away, please. Sure. The, uh, beginning, the beginning quote of the episode is, Self-education is, I firmly believe, the only kind of education there is. And that's by Isaac Asimov. Asimov. So, is he what, German? No, not German, Russian. Asimov. It, it does sound, sound Russian. Russian. It does. Um, so, um, why then... Um, what does he kind of mean in that quote in terms of why does he dismiss non-self-education, do you think? I think what he's saying there is that education really has to be something that you do out of your own willingness mm-hmm. to do it rather mm-hmm. than doing something that you do just because somebody tells you you probably should. Well, yeah, uh, that, that, that's, that's true. You probably, probably should. He's probably right there. I'm not going to. Not going to disagree with them. But maybe so, we should have some sort of argument for why that is good or why that isn't. Maybe. Uh, I, well, I, I, <laughs> I'm in agreement with them. I don't. I don't think I could. Uh, I could argue otherwise. So why do you think then? Um, because obviously the actual, the crux of this episode is to discuss really. Um, I'd I'd say education post school. Yeah. Um, because it's not uh, compulsory after school. Um, so why do you think that we have? Uh, as a as a age group kind of started to dismiss education quite a bit i think really it comes down to this um a big lot of shame that we have around our education i think we go through how many years is it from nursery all the way up to whether you stay to university i don't know how many years that is but that's a big bulk of your life well i finish uni- well most people finish university at 21 if they go straight from school um and you start what like four exactly so that's pretty pretty much most of your life so while you're what, young while you're growing 17, up 16 17 years and like when it comes to us like 17 years of your life that you're kind of really focused on getting these grades from the start like from that first part you're learning to the goal is to get the best grade and i think 
when you when you're put in a system that's like that, you obviously if you if you don't reach what you're kind of expected to get, whether that's the A grade or whether to be top of your class, then I think a, a lot of people who and there's not many people like you know in a class there's probably not many of you there's maybe a few top five top six that will maybe get the highest grades in the class and so all the rest are sort of left to think well I'm not good enough education ain't for me. And that's that's quite quite depressing to say that once you leave at 21, you're or whatever age we were saying, you're that's it. You've had enough of education because it's something that is not for you. It's something that I think is um, forced upon people as well, in the sense that obviously it's compulsory. Um, but I, I always found that, that school doesn't accommodate for different types of learning. Um, me being an actor, obviously, I'm very much a, a vocal learner. I learn through discussion. I learn through engagement with people. Um, because I'm a people person. Um, because I have to be. Because I I, I'm, I'm tuned into how people tick and things like that. Um, and yet, there are some classes where read a book, answer questions. On paper. Don't talk to anyone. Don't talk! <laughs> no talking! And that was always what used to come up at parents' evening as well. He talks too much. It's like, well, yeah, because that's how I learn. I discuss because with I'm people. a human and I yeah. and I like to talk and communicate. Yeah, and I, and you know, the lessons that I I learned the best in were the ones where actually I, there was a history lesson that we did, which actually I learned so much in. It was about um, kind of historical political structures and stuff, and we got up on our feet and acted. Well, not really acted things out, but we were moved around, put in put stacking chairs on top of. Uh, other chairs and to show levels of power and things like that and I learnt so much because we were actually physically doing something as opposed to sat there going well here's a chart in your textbook draw that into your own book yeah because I definitely had a lot of that experience where you literally slap down a huge textbook on your desk and literally say copy from that book into onto your paper and at the uh, into your book and then at the end of the lesson I'm going to give you a test and it's just like it's crazy that you yeah. expect, and everyone's got to do that. Like, and that's that's the way to learn in a yeah. way. And some people do learn that way, and that's fine. But not everybody does. Um, like in sixth form, when I was um, doing my A levels, most lessons, in fact, almost every single lesson, I'd come into class, I'd put my bag under my table, I'd pull my notepad out, pop it on the table, pull my pen out, pop that on top of my notepad, and sit there with my arms crossed for the entire lesson and not write a single thing down, because it didn't help me. Yeah, and I passed all my A levels because yeah. it, it didn't help me to write anything down because that's not the way I learn, and I think that's a big problem. And so, do you think it's because of these? Obviously, like, I, I agree with you. I think there is loads of people have different styles of learning, and it's already proven. You can t do tests online, which kind of say what style you're more like. And obviously, if you go into a class where the teacher is say the acting type and is very visual, but then you've got people in the class who are the people that learn from books. Mm -hmm then you're going to have those people who don't fit that style that the teacher is sort of delivering. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are going to do bad in that lesson. And suddenly they're going to say, well, actually, I'm obviously not good at history because I didn't understand what the hell they were going on about when they were prancing around the front of the class because yeah. I'm someone that learns from a textbook. And so people do suddenly... Because it's like, like you say, history is something that I did not enjoy. But if I had your history teacher, maybe I would have. Mm -hmm. But now, to me, I'm not good at history because it's not something I'm interested in. Like I just said, I'm not yeah. interested in history. Is that because I'm not interested in history? Or is that because I didn't have a teacher that Major made me interest. interested in history? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think... Um, I mean, the reason it isn't done, I think, is purely because it would take a lot of management. But do you think it would not be better to... Because when you're put into your classes... 
surely it would be better to analyse every student when they come into the school, particularly in senior school. Every student work out what their learning style is and group all of them guys together, have a history teacher that teaches in that style, a history teacher that teaches in another style, and a history teacher that teaches in another style, and then assign those those classes all with the same learning style to those teachers. I think that'd be awesome. And I, 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 the thing is, I, was, I, I wrote a blog recently about this sort of topic, and I was sort of saying that nowadays, like like you say, you've got the visual, um, the here, it was the, there's different styles. You've got, you got visual, audio. Yeah, audio. Uh, which is discussion. Yeah. Aural, which is through mm-hmm. listening. Um, kinetic learning as well, which yeah. is actually physically yeah. doing things. Um, I think there's another one somewhere as well. And like I was saying in my blog, I think nowadays we've got all these different types of technology, whether it's video, whether it's podcasts, whether it's, like say, written, whether it's just discussion. And I think some days, though, you some days you feel like just doing the writing. Like, I don't, li- I don't learn in one fashion. I don't say, mm-hmm. well, I'm good at listening, so I'm only going to do podcasts because some days I just want to sit and watch a video or mm-hmm. some days I want to actually read an actual book or maybe I want to read in a Kindle. And so I like that idea. But I think it'd be nice to have the choice to say yeah. today I'm, I might be like, if, if you're, if you're feeling quite tired, a bit stressed out, mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is sit there and do lots of writing. And yeah. so maybe you'll go to the visual class. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think, I think if you, if you have, if you assign the classes into their particular learning, their predominant learning style, obviously mm-hmm. there are going to be some classes that you can't teach by getting mm-hmm. people up on their feet and, and prancing around doing whatever. <laughs> doing shapes with your math yeah, shapes yeah i'm a, exactly. time, I'm a <laughs> yeah. times table yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly um so there are going to be some lessons where you are going to have to do mm-hmm. the different learning styles and it's healthy to be able to do that to be able to switch from learning style to learning style so i think it is still important to incorporate all of them except the focus should be on that particular uh, style of learning I think one of the big problems there is though is like the teachers have time nowadays they've got to teach so much in such a little amount of time it's just like do I really want to be spending it's going to take a lot of time to set up a lesson like that's really visual really audio or really kind of getting people involved and obviously when it comes down to like at the end of the day they just need to get that bit of information into them so mm-hmm. they can perform that grade so I, I think I think that sounds really cool I think that'd be a great idea mm. but it's like well is it is it realistic yeah, well, that's why I think it isn't done. I think because the management of it, it would take a lot more it, management, basically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so obviously, we're talking about the fact that people um, have fallen out of love with education and things like that. Why um, is it important that we don't fall out of love with education post school? Well, to be honest, I think education is actually a really natural process. I think humans are always born to be curious like you don't you don't get a caveman making a fire without curiosity <laughs> like it, you just stay stagnant you don't evolve if you're not curious enough to go mm-hmm. into these new areas or new worlds but it's just that we've sort of really i don't know it's the right word domesticated education in a way kind of made it something that is it we've kind of placed it in a time in our lives so education is that first bit of life the rest of the life is go out and make money where mm-hmm. it's not something that's become something that is just part of your life like you should constantly be interested in the world you live in and you should yeah. be constantly questioning but you have such a most people i'd say majority of people have such a negative um a negative negative experience with the education that it's the last thing on their mind when they go once you work and you think thank god i'd never have to pick up another book i never have to do another exam i never have to be judged by my I teacher remember my last exam i was like i never have to do an exam ever again <laughs> yeah, because it's unnatural because the learning process was never there for somebody to sit down 
and write an exam like like we all say you have to do these bloody got to uh, regurgitate these sort of random facts for these standardized te- standardized tests for everybody mm-hmm. and it's like that's not natural learning is not there as something you should be constantly judged on imagine every time you read a book for fun you just read a book you're interested in at the end of it somebody popped out of nowhere and said okay here's the questions how did in the story get to this place could you write an essay discussing the reason and you're like wait a minute I just read the book because I was enjoying it and it's something I'm interested in and now you've suddenly made it a chore yeah exactly and it becomes a chore because it's something like that's not normal I don't want to be tested on everything and I think it is a problem but then you because you think I sometimes think this as well because I love psychology and I think well if I ever wanted to go down a, a field of psychology into a job or into that area or something like that I would need to have that that's that back in of saying well he's done a master's he's done a phd mm-hmm. and so it is difficult because a lot the only way to kind of have earn your badge is to do the exam even though you could be somebody that's read every psychology book out there but because you've not been great <laughs> you can put that on your cv i have read every single psychology <laughs> book that has ever been written i memorized a lot like there and there you must hire me <laughs> but that's what i'm saying but that, put, that there's no reason to say why that person isn't educated enough in that area it's just that you haven't hit the criteria. and mm-hmm. i can understand why jo- some jobs have that but people should just be interested in whatever they're doing and I, and i think to be honest probably a, a lot of the reason why you get people who are in in their jobs and thinking well if, they, if we said in the last podcast, um, podcast how a lot of people don't actually enjoy their job why are you going to go out of your way to kind of learn more about that like if you're working mm-hmm. in insurance and you're not in, you're not i know you don't really care much about it you're not going to go out and read every insurance book and <laughs> find out ways to sell insurance better because it's just something you're not interested in and so that's why a lot of people fall out of education as well mm-hmm. yeah and you were before we hit record you were talking about um the national curriculum um and how much that has really damaged things and uh you said you were speaking to a, a now retired teacher do you want to yeah basically he was just sort of saying he was a bit fed up and he was saying like he's been in education so long and he's saying when he started like um i think it was when he started or he was saying back in the early days the only thing that teachers actually had to teach was religious studies which is an interesting topic in itself and the rest was free a free choice of the teacher and then he was saying like obviously in 1988 the um, national curriculum come in and it was like okay teachers here's the here's the the manual to how to teach mm-hmm. and that's what you're going to teach children because they need to get this they need to get these grades at the end of the year and he was saying as soon as that happened it became it be, i guess in a way teaching became mature like mm. the education became mature because it came, became so structured that teachers were getting like their backs were against the wall like you need to get the grades we've given you the manual process these children through the system and if you don't then you're a bad teacher and we're going to get rid of you yeah and he was saying that he was just getting really fed up the fact that Every day I was getting like every other day teachers are checking up on him. You've got all Ofsted, you've got all these people coming in and I mean most schools nowadays you see these big tables that talk about who's the best school, who's the best units, all based on who gets the highest results or Well actually I was walking past um a school near near my temporary new flat. Um which had on the outside, congratulations to our year, blah 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 for getting twenty percent this grade, thirty uh, percent this grade, seventy percent that grade, which obviously is more than hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent but you get the idea, like yeah. literally just advertising the grades 
on, on the front of the school like it's the most important thing in the world well that's what I think they do though you kind of you say well there, there we've got an A star student it's like hi here's Wayne he's an A star student yeah hi here's da 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 he's a yeah and you 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 become sort of detached like I say you become like a, a a number really and that's what people judge you on even on the classes you go into it's not Jem's a nice guy he cracks a bit of banter it's actually <laughs> what grade did he get in maths and that's what level we're going to put him in a class yeah. with people around the same level and it's just like, well, it just sticks you in. Like, I'm pretty sure if you stuck one of the lower group guys in with the top group guys, suppose like, oh, calling them top group guys. I'm doing it myself now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're going to get people raising together. And it's just you get so stuck in that way. And if, you, if you're put in a lower class, often if you're in secondary school, you know you're in the lower class. Well, this is the ridiculous thing as well. In the exams, if you are in the lower class, you can only get a maximum grade of C or B or something like yeah. that. Or at least it was when I was yeah. there in your GCSEs. Well, it still like, is. You're, in, you're in the bottom set of math, so you can't get higher than see yeah it's like well well hang on why <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah what you're if... automatically limiting what i can achieve because you have judged you've set my boundary you yeah. set my ceiling yeah and they do that it's like we're only going to teach you so you can only get a c so you'll never get the good jobs because only the people are doing the higher intermediate paper they're the ones who are going to be like outstanding like yeah. don't even think about it you've got like 20 pages less in your exam because <laughs> So, it, I mean, it almost makes the, the GCSEs and the exams themselves almost pointless anyway. They may as well go, well, you've got your C, because you can't get higher, so you have... That's the max you're going to get that's anyway. That's the max yeah. you're going to get, so have your C. And uh, you guys, well, the lowest you can get is a, is a C, so you guys go and, and... And and it's like we say, well, A to C is okay. So yeah. if you're... If the, I feel sorry with the lower class, it's like if I don't get the highest grade I can possibly get, then I'm literally a waste of life. Which actually puts more pressure on them. Definitely. Which makes them even less likely to... It's, it's a completely downward spiral because if I was in the... I, thankfully, I wasn't in the bottom set, but if I was in the bottom set and somebody said to me, you can only get a C, I'd have gone, well, screw that. I'm, I'm, what's the point? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I've got to get top marks to get even a C, which is considered bottom of the good, good grades at GCSE. Uh, that's a lot of pressure I'm, I'm not going to bother I think it goes deeper than that you've got to think like which says a lot about my character <laughs> <laughs> you've got to think a lot, yeah but you've got to think a lot deeper than that and think well that person who's in secondary you, I, I was in luckily not luckily but whatever I, I was in the top set in maths and quite a lot of my subjects but you know that those other people were in the lower and they've all said oh, I'm in the lower set I'm in the lower set and you've got to imagine what sort of impact that's having on someone who knows they are exactly, well. I am the lower set which means I'm not good at maths because I'm in the lower set of maths I'm not. In, I'm in the lower set of science which means I'm not good at science and all these things are just ingrained if you go through your whole education knowing you're lower knowing that your boundary is C or lower yeah. like, how are you ever going to come out and then push for it, you, you're never going to like that subject again because you were someone who was allocated as you're not good at this, so steer clear. Yeah, so we're going to put you in the ghetto with the other people that aren't very good at it. A lot of people call that. It's like it's it's a stereo. It's a stereotype of your education in a way. It's saying, well, yeah, you're just not good at that, so don't try. And I think that's so damaging in a way because that person who was in that lower set will never go into and get interested in maths again, or will never. Mm. It's just it's it's really damaging, really. Yeah, it is. It is, and um. We were talking about, oh, we're going to talk about, actually, I think this kind of falls into it quite nicely, is how though that can then limit um, how you grow in the future um, and, and kind of um, the how that will then develop 
beliefs of um, what well, insecurities, beliefs of um, inferiority, inferiority complexes, and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, for example, somebody that was in the bottom set of maths is never, ever, ever, or it will be very rare that they would even consider pursuing a career in accountancy mm-hmm. because they, throughout their entire life they'll be like, well. Well, to be honest, even if you have an interest in, in accountancy, no one's going to give you a job if you've got a C grade. It's because you're not good with you're not good with numbers. Yeah. And so I'm not going to risk it. And so I mean, a lot of people, if they do ever become good, they're going to have to go and reset that test to get the A before that person sort of hires them. And I, I think one thing people really need to understand, I think it, a lot of young people need to kind of let go of that shame because, like scientists are already finding out, like how plastic the brain is and how actually. I, I generally, I know people say, well, there's people who are born like they're good at that thing or you're good at that thing. But I don't agree with that. I do believe that if you if you want to be good at something, you can work it. And the mm-hmm. brain has already proven the brain is plastic. It can be molded. They have areas of the brain that are better for visual, better for this um, mm-hmm. mathematics and stuff like that. And it's, it's, like, it's like a muscle. It can be worked on. People say they do tests on these guys who have got great memories and remember stuff. And they look inside the brain and realize, okay, they've got a bit of their brain that's bigger and lights up more than any other place and they're not special they even say i'm not i'm not a clever i'm not like superman i don't have this amazing memory i've worked on it and i think that's what people need to understand is just because somebody's sort of giving you that label that you're not good at a particular thing like if it's something you're interested in you work on it hard enough you're going to get good at it it's like it's like exercise yeah and it's like um i was actually reading a blog post i think it was on buffer um they were saying about creativity and how um there's this myth that everybody that certain people are born creative and others aren't and uh it's just not true it's it is something that you can if you manipulate your circumstances um you can become very creative if you if you quite often in any creative process one of the best things that you can do is actually put limits on what you can do um i mean this is going to sound really wanky but we did a uh, we were doing a physical uh, theater show in our training and um and our um, tutor was saying, well, okay, do that scene again, but um, throw in the rule of you have to, one of you has to constant, or you always have to be touching the wall with some part of your body. And it became something entirely different and something really, really interesting um, because we'd put that limitation on it. And then we had to therefore work our way out of that. Mm-hmm. that scenario and it just boosted creative thinking and and so when people are in that state of mind of oh well i just i'm just not a creative person it, it's not true um in the same way that um people that say oh i'm a night person or a morning person i mean i'm very guilty of doing that and always say well i'm a night owl um okay yes you probably are more inclined to one or the other but you can train yourself and train your your brain to function at different times at peak um, and I think people need to be aware of that and need to adjust accordingly if they do want to pursue something different and I think people talk a lot about this sort of self-talk and sort of the way we kind of if you're constantly you suppress yourself in a way if you say it all the time if you're telling yourself like you say I'm a night person I'm a night I'm a night owl I'm, I get up early 
that's what you are. You're going to start doing that because your body, if you keep telling yourself that this mm-hmm. is the kind of person I am, you're naturally going to start living that lifestyle because you're living up to what you already believe you are. Yeah. And it's like like you say there, if you start saying, I oh, I get up every morning, if you started telling yourself that I'm someone who gets up early every morning and oh, I feel so energized, before long, it just naturally happens and mm-hmm. you start building, you can build these ways up and I think that's a really powerful I know it sounds a bit woo-woo and a bit out there <laughs> yeah but it's true like what you do say and what you tell yourself is going to really limit or really expand what you the things you want to do in a way mm-hmm. okay so um in terms of um kind of falling back in love with education then because we've talked about um being out of love and how we can f- uh, why we're out of love with education and things um so what should What's sort of the first step to um, falling back in love with education, do you think? Obviously, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. Like I could say, well, just I would initially start with just let go of your old history. Like, let go of your history <laughs> of education. Just say, look, you've done it. You went through the system. You got whatever great. And just brush your shoulders off and say, that was me then with what I was then. Like, I got those grades. I have grades that I'm not proud of. They're the ones I don't put on my CV or I didn't <laughs> put on my CV. And you just got to let go of that and just don't have those thoughts. Don't just forget it. It's done. It's over. You can't go back. You're not going to change it. People, I know at our age, there's so many people said, oh, if I went back, if I went, could go back 10 years and do my education again, I would do this. I would go do that. It's like, look, you're not, there's no time travel at the moment. Just mm-hmm. let it go. So that would, I'd definitely say is the sort of the first step and just let go of all that useless learning. If you've never used it, don't worry about it. You don't need it. If you're not using it now, don't worry. Now you just start a clean slate and, so yeah, and I think once you've done that, once you've really let go of all those sort of limiting beliefs and the sort of the, the things you inflict on yourself around terms of education, it's just to kind of, we say it all the time when we, we always say like, find your why. We say, find your why for business, find your why for life, find your why for why you want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think people have these things that are so personal to them. There's, there's reasons why I study psychology. There's reasons why I'm super interested in health. There's reasons why... I'm, I love technology like you love technology you're like this sort of early adopter you're hyper than me you're always on it there's a reason why you like that mm-hmm. and so you're going to find it much easier to read any sort of technology books way more than me whereas yeah. I can speak your ears off when it comes to health everything you do I'm saying oh maybe you did like this or tried this vitamin or tried that I know a lot about that yeah but that's come through just me being interested and so I just think people need to kind of just say okay what what do I want to learn what what kind of interests me and I think that's a again it's a hard step because like we say with entrepreneurship and other and um, this sort of thing like if you're stuck in this world where you're living day to day paying bills who's going to be thinking about what I'm going to be learning because you're more worried about actually I need to pay the bills I need to mm-hmm. get food and so it comes back to again that life balance which we talk about in the last episode and so yeah I really think people need to get personal with their with their learning and how do you think people could get what's your sort of tips um i'm kind of in agreement in in the sense of you have to again i think if you if you narrow down what you actually want your life to be in 10 20 years time or whatever you kind of know what path you need to take in terms of education like for me for example um i've learned a hell of a lot since university about things that I didn't think I would have learned about when I started university trained as an actor 
set up my own theatre company and then all of a sudden I had to learn about marketing, I had to learn about design because I was doing all of the uh, poster designs for our shows, Um, I had to learn about building websites because I was running the website for the company, I had to learn about just general business management, um, you know, and and company values and branding and all that sort of stuff, um, which thankfully my love of technology has kind of helped me do that um and and so i had to learn all of that stuff and 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 i've been able to learn it because i knew where i wanted to go the stuff that i've learned has come from knowing that i want that company to be a nice steady foundation for my career um and so i have learned all that sort of stuff so if you can if you can focus on that first of all and then then you need to work out what what are the skills that you're going to need um, and go from there. I mean, everything that I've learned in terms of business has been essentially self-taught for me. Um, and, and, and so once you've got that vision, do it in a way that, that makes you passionate about it. Like for me, for example, again, with all of the business stuff, you know, I enjoy watching The Apprentice. I enjoy watching Dragon's Den. So I pick up a few bits and pieces from that, although you have to be careful with things like that because it's not truly accurate Mm -hmm. um, because it's for entertainment purposes. But then, you know, I think everybody, everybody that's been listening to this for long enough knows how passionate I am about Apple and Steve Jobs and all that sort of stuff. So I look to, I've read, I'm reading his biography again, um, and picking up little bits and pieces from there, picking up his uh, design um, mentality and what he feels about design. So I've actually incorporated a passion outside of what I do into the learning that I need to develop those skills. So if you can if you can produce your your uh, self education in a way that actually keeps you engaged and interested, because I mean, let's face it, if somebody said, "Here's a book on branding." I'd have gone, ugh. Mm-hmm. But because I've got my love for technology and my love for um, entertainment as well, and there are big entertainment companies as, as well that are, are big brands, um, I can look at that and incorporate that into into what I'm trying to learn, if that makes sense. What I love to sort of, I mean, I sort of describe it when I talk to people, is say that you've kind of got to become a detective of your own learning, like see it as that, because each little clue or something you're interested in kind of leads you off into something else. Yeah. And it's like, I know that the psychology I learned, I mean, I did, um, I did a very psychology based dissertation and that was for media production as my, um, my education. And that sort of led me into being quite interested in psychology. And then I've always loved health and I've always been trying to keep myself fit and healthy. And then I've realized now I'm slowly learning the connection between health and psychology. And it's like, Mm -hmm. what's happening is like, Sometimes what you're learning becomes is you think they're so disconnected, even though you've got interest and they're so disconnected, but slowly by slowly, like a detective, you put together these points. Why mm-hmm. You'll find that everything links to each other. Yeah. And that's what I find really interesting. Like sometimes you don't even have to. I, I always think too many people become very goal orientated with their learning. Like mm-hmm. you say, I'm going to pick up this marketing book because I need to sell. Sometimes Absolutely. actually the best Absolutely. type of learning comes from when you're you're just picking up because you're interested in Mm -hmm. maybe why people Mm -hmm. buy things or it's just an interest of yours it's something pulls you in that direction and 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 sometimes even if you don't even have a goal if it's something you just recruit you're just intrigued and Mm -hmm. i'm always asking people questions because i'm intrigued to know why they do certain things and you never i never all i sometimes i never know the value of that moment of that learning 
and then it could be a year later, it could be six months later, mm-hmm. and you realise what that person told you now connects with what you once once learned, and I think mm-hmm. that's really magical, and that's what you can only get through self education. Yeah, and I'm I'm totally I'm totally with you. I think um, what uh, one thing that I think can make you really passionate about learning new things, <clears throat> even if you haven't kind of designated what your end goal is is the fact that as you say if you're learning different things because they're of interest to you before long you actually become a very unique intellectual because nobody will have exactly the same interests and are focused on exactly the same aspects of those interests as you i am an actor apple fanboy entrepreneur producer podcaster that's quite a unique combination in itself before you even get down to the nitty gritty of, of, you know, what I do within those areas. Um, and I think that certainly, suddenly kind of makes things a little bit interesting because then you're like, actually, I have skills and uh, knowledge that nobody else in that field will have. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to, to quote Steve Jobs... In his uh, commencement speech, you know, he went to college, he dropped out of college and turned up to all of the classes that were of interest to him. He, he didn't have an end goal in mind. He was just like, calligraphy, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll go, in, go into calligraphy classes. And so he did. Um, I mean, if you look at what he then turned out to become, you go, well, hang on, well, how does calligraphy yeah, shouldn't he have just done a master's in business studies? Or exactly, exactly. Shouldn't he have, yeah. But he he has said, or did say in his commencement speech, do what makes you excited, gets you excited, do what kind of makes you want to get out of bed in the morning, do that, and then worry about connecting the dots later. Because I do believe the dots will come together, because yeah. you, just, you just set your points of what your expertise are in, like there's no way on earth that schooling could have give you those <laughs> those not. sort of skills. They couldn't have said Wayne's going to be interested in these five things. No. So let's teach him. And actually, I think the only thing that really school out of those that school went yes, that that's what that's Wayne's path was my acting, and that was only because I had the opportunity to do drama at school, and actually doing drama is one of the lowest of the low subjects that you could do at school it's considered a cop-out by many people and yet that is the foundation now for for what i do that's your character now that's you yeah and that's what i think people can then judge you for what you've learned there but they can't that's why i think people need to let go of being judged for what they learn at school because the schooling and what you learn because what you learn is who you are i don't care what anyone's like it is you you build up your character your personality what you talk about is the things you're interested in and yet school's giving everybody this one system. Mm-hmm. And so really, you're just creating people with the same characteristics, you know, the same kind of things. And so it's and so it's bad to kind of feel negative towards yourself that you're being judged on those things because they were something that some an, an external or whatever the government's whatever put onto you to learn and built your character saying, these are what we think that a human should have before they go into the working world. And so then if you let go of education when you're in the working world, you never really you never really connect again with what you're interested in, who you are. Yeah. And so I think that's really sad because then you're a bit lost and you then if you're so held on to these grades, that's not your character. That's what you've been given to be your character. Mm-hmm. Now I can judge you for what you learn because it's you. You're building up this personality of yourself. And I've been doing the same. Like 
I didn't know. Someone told me that long ago, these are the things you would have been interested in. I didn't know that. And the more I'm learning this self-education sort of journey I'm on, the more I'm building up my character along the way. And I think that's why it's so important that people self-educate because you kind of start to delve into who you are and then you're not, you're not restricted because you're not being judged on every step along the way. You're just interested. I just think that's, I mean, I'm just getting me excited just talking mm-hmm. about it. that's what I want people to have that feeling and find out you'll find so much out of who you are mm-hmm. through learning. And it's just so much fun when you're not being judged for what you're learning. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just before we start wrapping things up, there's uh, another, uh, well, two things I think that are important. Um, first of all, is getting yourself into the mind frame for learning um you're a big health freak um (laughs) as as you have mentioned um so you were telling me the importance of of sleep and exercise and all that too yeah i think it goes back to that life balance which we spoke about last week um the last episode and it's like if you're not healthy and i think i generally believe that sleep is the basis for everything Mm. And then it comes your your well-being, your health, and then that will lead to how productive you are in your work life and the things you do. So I think at the bottom level, people need to get fit before you start your business, before you decide to go off learning. Just get your body working at its best. Like get your sleep in, feel good, eat good food, and then everything else is going to come easier. You're like if your body's not getting the right nutrients, you're not going to learn. You're not going to create these synapses mm-hmm. in your brain. You're not going to you're not even going to feel the have the energy or the the effort to go and learn. So I always think that's number one, and then. What was I going to say here? <laughs> yeah, no, you just go, you've got to really get that basis down of health. And then it comes back to your, um, once you've got your health there, the life balance starts to come because you become more productive in your work. Mm-hmm. And so you'll have this time. So you really need to, when, you, when you're getting back into education, like I say, people are too busy. It's something that becomes a chore. It's extra effort. And, it, and it's got all that backlog of feeling like effort because that's what you knew it as. Like mm-hmm. it was go home and revise. And that's what it could feel like if you decide, okay, I'm going to start learning. And so initially, yeah, get your health in place and just start taking small steps. Just start thinking, well, what was I interested? What was I interested before? What am I interested in now? What do I read in the free newspaper? What articles do I read online that kind of interest you? And that's probably where your interest lies. And I think you just got to start just dipping in slowly, whether it's watching a little, a simple video on YouTube or yeah. picking up an old book that you was interested in, but you were reading it for maybe for an exam. Mm-hmm. And, and these sort of things start, as I say, they start that little spurring of ideas and, then your detective journey starts mm-hmm. off really and um, you just picked up on actually the other thing that i wanted to bring up before we uh, finished it all off was um finding the right medium for you um in terms of things like youtube books and again i think it goes back to um your style of learning um because a book for me although i can enjoy reading um because i'm in the entertainment world the best best use of my time I feel is watching something because then at least I can watch the way some even if it is just a presentation I can watch the way someone's presenting something the way they move the way they uh, the intonation of their voice and all that sort of stuff Um, so video is the best way I can consume any type of uh, um, information or entertainment or whatever Um, so things like YouTube are good for me and things like that but um, yeah, do you want to elaborate? Yeah. No, I think... <laughs> I got lost in my own thought there. <laughs> Basically, you ask me why people should choose to think about the medium. Basically, I think that 
when it comes to your education, especially when you're starting off, like we're living in an age where they're calling it the intellectual revolution. There is information everywhere if you're looking like this everywhere. It's online. It's, it's in your pocket on your phone. It's so available. And I think if you're starting off and you're falling back in love with stuff, just start reading very minimal. You can start really small. Like there's blogs that are short blog posts or there's three second video or three minute videos, just short videos, really start small. And once you start really small, like if it's even whether it's listen to podcasts, but once you once you really start niching down into what you're kind of interested in, as I say, I think when it comes to like as a marketer who does a bit of marketing, I know that once people read short form or they watch short video, and if they're interested in, they will move up to a sixty minute or an hour or over an hour. They will read the book, and that's right. the thing you have to kind of think about. Like that. you, your body's not going to just jump in and read the old biography of Steve Jobs. It's a mm-hmm. big ass book. It's about eight hundred and fifty pages. Exactly. But if I go and listen to his commencement speech. And I'm like, wow, that guy's amazing. I need to know more about him. I'm more likely to go and read his book. And then after I've read his book, maybe I'm going to bounce off to read the designer's book or I'm going to go and read more about him and I'm going to go look at blogs and it spreads. So I just think people really need to just really just start with something small. Mm-hmm. But I say, get your sleep in first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, excellent. Um, so we'll start wrapping it up or we will wrap it up there. Um, but first, quote Mr. Jem. Okay, so we've got this end quote which i think fits very well and it says when you take the free will out of education that turns into schooling and that's john taylor gatto and i think that's really sums up what we've been talking about it's like once you add that system or that criteria then education does become a choice becomes something that you're you're it's done it's done to you not by you and so i think when you're out of education it's a perfect optimum opportunity to fall back in love with education because there are no boundaries yeah and then it becomes something that's just fun it becomes magic again and mm-hmm. you do learning for the right reasons yeah absolutely so when are you going to give us some action steps uh, for this week well it's a pretty much just a general recap of, of what we've just said um so the first thing is just to let go of all that kind of shame all the labels that were put on you at school of i was in the bottom set of maths therefore numbers are not good for me and all that sort of thing um and then also um then get into the frame of mind where you're really getting personal with your education and really understand what it is that you're passionate about, what interests you, what makes you want to pick up a book or or even those things that when you're on Wikipedia you go, oh, that looks interesting, click on that and, and just really kind of hone in on what gets you excited and then once you've uh, honed in on the subject matter, just really find the best way to learn it. Um, for yourself so like we're talking about videos on YouTube or blog posts or whatever and take the small steps first don't don't dive in head first and buy a massive tome um, about you know gardening or whatever that interests you Um, just start with blog posts small videos podcasts whatever and then and then go from there cool so we've got a bit of recommended reading it was kind of these this book and um, i was listening to a couple other podcasts was sort of the catalyst for this podcast and the book's called the straight a conspiracy and it kind of really delves into this idea of grades sort of suppressing our our actual natural tendency to learn so i think it's a great book to check out i've also got a few uh, recommended websites like we were saying if you want to start small and then you want to start building up and you really want to kind of uh, utilize all these sort of digital technologies or digital platforms to yeah, sort of increase your learning um one that i really love is called um creative live and basically that's sort of a website where they stream free sort of um free classes online in so many different subjects 
so it's definitely worth checking out that one another one is skillshare and that's another website where there's short um short classes by experts in their field again i think it's more veered towards creative and business but there's loads of great courses on there and they've just released a new membership fee which is i think ten dollars a month and you literally get open access to every single course on there it's oh, super wow. cheap and I'm, I'm i'm super tempted i think i'm actually going to sign up asap and the last one i think wayne was taking a pee at me a little bit he's saying it's a bit broad and that is youtube check out youtube i think i speak to so many young people and they sort of say to me oh so how did you get how did you learn like editing how did you learn mm. photoshop or how did you did, learn illustration to be honest yeah i learned some of it at university yeah but I probably learned most of it on YouTube, topping up what I've forgotten or just kind of there's really little niche things that I want to do in Photoshop or in Illustrator. And YouTube is so good. I mean, yeah, it's great for laughing at cats and stuff like that. But people underestimate, like, if there's something you're interested in and you want to learn, there is a video on YouTube with someone it's, who will teach it probably better than your tutor or someone else did. It's so true. Every time I've gone, oh, how do I do that? My first book of call is usually YouTube and then Google, um, in, in all honesty. And um, there is something else I do want to recommend, actually. It's, it's more of an app than a website, um, which is actually iTunes U for mm -hmm. the... In fact, I think you can access it through iTunes as well. Um, and it's basically, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically a place where um, universities have uploaded um, short courses. Um, sometimes it's video lectures, sometimes it's ebooks um, or a combination of all. And they also set you homework for it as well but which is optional it's don't do your homework yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah. entirely up to you if you do yeah. you can take from it what you want but it, it allows you to, and, and there's some really niche courses on there i think i saw a course about the hobbit the book because they're not doing whole university courses it's usually like just a small Snippets, module yeah. or in a, in or a unit in in the uh, degrees or whatever um so that's really good as well uh, i mean it does take a little bit of sifting through to because there are some rubbish ones on there in all honesty <laughs> well rubbish to you but not somebody else <laughs> well that's that's very true that's very true um maybe it just doesn't fall into my style of learning i don't know um <laughs> but yeah so so you do have to do a little bit of sifting but it, it is a good good resource if you are if you really want to go really super active with with your learning as well which is good i think a lot of the top universities like harvard and all these they're Yale and all them stuff they've all started putting mm -hmm. lectures online and they're all on YouTube so definitely yeah. check them out definitely so let's wrap things up okay excellent um, so um, as always uh, we say this every time but if, if there is anything that you'd like us to talk about or if you've got any feedback uh, for the show as a whole or even comments on what we've discussed please send us an email you can email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com and you can email me at gem at powerfulnonsense.com and that's gem spelled C-E-M. And we'd love to hear your questions because if you give us questions, then it's going to give us content for more podcasts. And that's true. We want to answer your questions. Yes, we do. Um, and if you don't want to email us because you're email shy for whatever reason, you can send us a tweet. You can tweet me at Wayne underscore Ingram. And you can tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. And Jem, do you want to plug your ebook again? Yeah, again, as you know, I've been saying it in the last few episodes. The ebook is still available for free. It's ten, the 10 unlearnings for the digital economy. It's called Status Go. And if you go to powerfulnonsense.com slash status go, drop your email in there and I'll send it over to you for free. Fabulous. And also on powerfulnonsense.com, there is a new resources page. Yeah, put, I'm starting to put together a new resources page. It's not perfect yet, so I'm just adding to it. But it's got kind of like the websites that I use and um, maybe services that I use online. I think you'll find it really useful. Some of them are affiliate links, but not all of them. So 
we will get a small percentage on some of them but um, i'll keep adding to that and keep improving it but yeah check it out Mm-hmm. And the small percentage goes straight back into the podcast as well. We have running costs that we need to fulfil um, to keep this podcast going. So um, if you are if you are looking at any of those links and you think, oh, actually that does look interesting, please do purchase through those links because it really will help us to keep things going. And any extra money will uh, ensure that Wayne continues to cut his hair. <laughs> 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 yeah, I scrimped and saved for two months for that haircut. It wasn't even an expensive one. It looks good, though, I must say. It does look pretty dapper. Um, but also, in terms of, of supporting the show, um, if you don't want to be spending your hard-earned cash, there is something else that you can do for us, which we are eternally grateful every time it happens. Um, just pop onto iTunes, leave a, leave a review, uh, and that will really help boost the profile of the show and... Um, you know, in, keep people downloading it and helping us provide value to people. So, um, if you don't want to spend your hard-earned cash, but you do want to thank us, please do just leave a review. We will be ever so grateful. Cool. So, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week, and yes. we'll catch up with you again soon. Yes, when my hair's a little bit longer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See you later. Bye. Bye.